2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. We are all remote because of a little bit of a vid scare. That we are in the clear for. DJ Pie is here. Hello, DJ Pie.
1: Welcome back to the, the world of the living, Solly. H- happy to have you, man.
2: It's good to be back. It has been a uh, a tough week, getting a little stir crazy here in this old house. But we are officially negative as of this morning. Big Randy is here. from the mountaintops? Did you lose right, so your
1: smell or taste or anything?
2: Nothing. No, just oh, big okay. big head cold. It was it was not fun though. It was you didn't
1: get the full experience
2: it was it was a little worse than I thought it would be, but Big Randy is here. Hello, Mr. Big. Hello, guys.
0: Chris, welcome to um, the Covid survivors with DJ and I. and I agree with DJ. You didn't really get the full experience. We both lost our taste and smell for quite a while. i'm not a, I'm not a real survivor here. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate
2: you gatekeeping the Covid survivorship here. Thank you. you so know, sure. So.
1: yeah, Randy, on second thought, you know, suffering suffering, man. it's not it's not a contest. Hey, I got one for you guys. Why don't you stick to
2: sports, huh? Okay, why don't we we do that? All right. We are thrilled to announce with our friends at Callaway a limited edition collaboration, the No Laying Up branded Callaway Rogue ST3 Wood head cover. Hopefully, you saw these circulating on social media this past week. Tron and Neil feeling nostalgic for the glory days of high school golf with those big, big birth of fuzzy head covers. They were all the rage. Haven't seen them around in a long time, so we decided to make our own with Callaway. The head cover is available for free when you purchase a Rogue ST3 Wood while supplies last. All you got to do, go to CallawayGolf.com NLU. We're going to put the URL in the description show notes of this episode. You can pick and customize your Rogue ST3 Wood. And on the order summary page, enter code NLU to get the head cover. To your cart for free pre-orders begin shipping on february 18th the 21st we got a limited inventory available only through callawaygolfcom nlu with the purchase of the rogue st3 wood again only available in the us will be available in canada hopefully by mid-february but you guys got to get one of these you if, i don't know if you saw it. it's on madeline sagstrom's bag this past week at the game bridge uh it's going to be in my bag very soon once i'm able to return to the golf course
1: you know that remember the uh the fuzzy ones growing up the the real ones would would turn them inside out remember they had all the wild, i got a few of those all yeah, the wild yeah. ass colors inside and stuff I, I haven't flipped this one inside out yet to check but that would be a an attention to detail from neil and tron that that would be uh second to none if they were able to pull that off
0: i didn't know that was a thing oh yeah people flipping them inside out big thing big big i, thing. I legitimately miss that you're a trendsetter not a trend follower randy you wouldn't
2: you wouldn't know and you
0: love brands too that's true that's true i would never disrespect the brands like that
2: Guys, lot to talk about this week. Saturday finish at the Farmers. We got the Gamebridge. We got Rory in Dubai and Victor Hovland. Just a, a whole lot to talk about. We of course have the Kamai tournament next coming week here on the European Tour, which everyone's excited about. So, uh, where do, where do we start for you? I guess we probably should start with Luke List.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that Dubai is probably going to go down as as certainly like the best finish and most interesting wild finish of the week but uh yeah let's start kind of saturday finish in in dubai let's go in sequential order here farmers
2: in in san diego not dubai but yes uh, yeah so that's what i I feel like for someone for a group of guys that are doing a weekly preview show i feel like i kind of should have picked up on how hot luke list was coming into this one kind of feel like that's that's on us as a group of five he's coming t11 t10 t22 before this win had a T7 at the Zozo, a T17 at the Sanderson Farms. He's number two in strokes gained T to green on the PGA Tour so far this season, which I don't know if you guys heard this. We're about 25% of the way through the season now. It's not it's not early in the season, if you may uh, think it is. But, man, it's, uh, it, it seems like it's been a long time coming for Luke List. And, uh, I don't know, I'm happy for him. That that was one of the coolest celebrations after the playoff that I've seen. Some people are giving him flack for not going and shaking Zalatoris' hand, like, come on let's have a little bit of fun he ran to his family after winning his first PJ tour event like, who doesn't love that come on
1: no it was great we had a, a friend of the program friend of a friend was was very pumped that they had gotten luke list at 50 to one i, I believe it was and my gut reaction was like oh my god luke list is only 50 to one and then uh yeah hearing <laughs> hearing what you just rattled off is like okay i guess i've been playing a lot better than i than i realized
2: i think it was more than that wasn't it didn't it wasn't it like a bunch to wasn't like it was like 200 to one. I thought, oh, maybe it was.
0: I think it was 200 to one, and our friend may have bet $50.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it was, it yeah.
0: was a bit, it was
2: a big payoff, if you will. Uh, yeah, that'd have been a nice nugget to hit at, the, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> feel like feel like he was trending a little bit more and should have been jumping off the page on our end, but we do not claim to be experts on any of the picks, as you might be able to tell. But
1: speak for yourself. I picked Victor Hovland. Who could have possibly seen him to win his third in five events? How good was, geez, man, I don't know where to start on the farmer stuff. How good was that third shot that Luke List hit into 18? That's like, that's so impossible.
2: I do, it, you know, we're going to do some Tory stuff here. On, uh, I do appreciate that, like, we get that pin for the Sunday every that's year. Right. We know we know exactly what it's going to do. And, like, you, you've you seen so many shots to it. You know, ex- when somebody lays up, you're like, oh, well, he can't get to the pin from the rough. Like, exactly. we have that much experience with that pin to know that and he did it well i mean he did it in regulation and then did it in the playoff which the regulation shot out of the rough i again when he laid up in the rough was like dude this he's not ready to win he's not and then he pulled the old qb sneak on him i mean nobody (laughs) saw it coming he called his own number pulled the qb sneak ran in the putt and every time he shows somebody that highlight you know for the rest of his life you're gonna have to explain what faldo's talking about
0: (laughs)
1: We we can get to Faldo.
0: You
2: know I had to.
0: Come on.
1: Man, for all the bashing that that we and others have done on Tory, I I, I'll eat a a small serving of humble pie that I thought it was I thought it actually showed pretty great this week. I thought the pins were interesting. I thought it played really firm and it kind of was separating some some ball striking stuff. I mean, obviously balls were still kind of running through and you still had kind of the, you know, six inches into the rough chips on a lot of the holes and stuff like that, but You had to hit pretty proper shots, man. Especially coming down the stretch into some of those par threes, into fifteen, into, uh, I mean, obviously eighteen is you know I don't know that it's like the best designed golf hole in the world, but it's literally always uh it's always fun to watch. It's just maybe part of that is like you said, just kind of knowledge base. Like you know, you've just seen seen it so many times that you have a a ton of familiarity with it. But I don't know. Honestly, it's it's very similar to the eighteenth at uh, Dubai, right? Where it's like, hey, man, the the challenge is pretty pretty cut and dry here like can you clear the water and maybe make a three or do you need to lay up and hit a good wedge and uh i enjoyed watching both holes immensely this week i'll, I'll echo that dj for whatever reason i thought
0: Tori just looked better than i can remember seeing it and i want to give maybe a shout out to cbs for showing it in a much more interesting uh compelling light I was impressed. I newfound like appreciation for the drive on 17. How, how...
2: That hole has changed and that, ha- that hole has grown up big time. They've renovated that hole, brought the Canyon in and that's a pro golf hole now.
0: Yeah. Right. But just little stuff like that. Yeah. It was great surprise. It was like, it was fun. It, it felt like, okay. Oh, all right, Tori. I see you. I see you. <laughs> uh, like I could be down with this each year.
1: Really proper par five on that back nine was at 13 or 14.
0: 13 that holds a little a
2: little yeah i mean
1: i, I mean it's catch. ridiculous but it's also like on the PJ tour when they're hitting as far as they can it is at least interesting to see like oh my gosh john Rahm can't get there too like that that makes it kind of interesting at least you know it's like i, I don't know what uh, yeah there's only so many defenses you can put up eventually right and it it sometimes they need to be a little on the side of absurd in order to to be a real par five these days
0: But I will
2: say, man, it's just this is what just a little bit of firmness will do to a viewing experience. Right. It made those greens come alive. And they I don't know if it was just the firmness or some special pin positions they had. But it was a it was a separate like some of the plateaus they used in some of the corners of those greens were true. Like, dude, if you want to go for this, like you got a, a thimble, you need to land this on and try to hold it up there. And it was fascinating to watch guys take that on. Watch him kind of barely miss by a foot, and then it's spinning the wrong direction. Then it takes a slope away from it. There's some couple funnel pins out there, Andy. Can't believe you didn't get a shot in on some of those. There were some really gettable pins out there, but it makes makes the green shapes and formations actually come alive. Watching the ball roll, a little bit of suspense. Like, is it gonna hold up there? That's so much more fun to watch than like a dart contest or you know, a piece of shit putting, putting contest week or something like that. So in that regard, like, yeah, this, this was the best viewing experience we've had to this point. Yes. Are we hard on Tori? I still think like, I I was really thinking about this a lot. I'm like, am I, am I wrong? Are we the baddies here? Are we wrong on Tori? And I'm extremely confident that we're not. I really do think the, the difference is to the back nine Sunday viewer, like the guy that tunes in to watch the finish, like Tory almost always it like it delivers in some way and it, it does contribute to that drama do i think it's like brilliant design of course not but there are some good half par holes in there there's a ton of shot value coming in it's not it's not a putting contest you got to hit it in the right spots you got to hit the fairways i just find narrow fairways thick rough and bunkers on both sides of the fairway extremely boring it is a straight execution test yes but it provides some drama it does now for the people that watch the tournament from like Thursday or in this case Wednesday all the way through The process of getting there is tough is tough viewing and that is what a lot of people that are very into following golf that's i that's where i think a lot of the core issues come from i don't know what you guys think about that
1: no i'm with you i i would put myself in that (laughs) very hardcore golf fan at least most weeks yeah i wasn't really chomping at the bit to watch you know wednesday thursday friday i was i was flipping it on here and there but it's it just kind of washes you washes over you after a while it really only gets and i think that's kind of I don't know the right way to say this, but I saw some good questions in there about like for such a quote unquote bad golf course, like why does it always, you know, seem to deliver at the end? I think part of that is probably because the leaderboard stays, stays fairly bunched. I don't think anybody ever really like runs away at Torrey Pine. So whenever it's close, I mean, you could, like we've said a thousand times that you'd be playing any golf course. And if it's close, you know, coming to the 72nd hole, like that's going to be fun to watch. So I think that's part of it. And then I think the other thing is like it's just one of those places that, that, once the tournament, like once the story starts to take shape, then you have all the scenery and you have all the familiarity with eighteen. And you have a little bit of good variety on like sixteen's a, a kind of cool par three. Seventeen's got a great cliff shot now, and then you've got eighteen is very familiar, and you've got all these historic moments that have happened there and great highlights they can show. Yada yada yada. But yeah, watching somebody play like number four on Saturday morning, number actually number four is like kind of Four's cool. Okay. But uh god (laughs) such a vivid memory of watching number four have i told you guys this story i'm sure i probably have but watching spencer levine play that hole oh god he just uh i forget who he was even paired with and i forget honestly i don't know i know exactly what year this was i think it was 2015 i was there uh because i was looking at the photos yesterday that i took from that day because jason day won, and dash day was like I don't know, three, and he's, like, running through all the bunkers and, like, just being a complete menace uh, during the trophy ceremony. I got all these, like, pictures of Dash Day, which was, as you pointed out, solid. Like, shocking to see that he's now 35 years old. Like, I know. Wanna, they just scrub so fast. Old. That's <laughs> he, crazy.
0: Like, he had
2: gray
1: hair.
0: <laughs> what was uh, he doing? What was he doing with his – he was doing some, like, hand signal. Some some sort of sign. <laughs> was it a gang sign? <laughs> <laughs>
1: some sort of some sort of dog whistle for some this, internet community i'm sure this east coast west coast thing no i think it might have been a, a kind of ice in his veins type of uh, type of emotion i think i, think Dash I, is, I, I hope I, not I god what? i really hope not i literally think that what the fuck else would it have been I, I don't know are deep in the nba scene as we know uh you know we've we've seen them courtside at a historic moment what was i talking about we'll Run. come back to that in a minute i don't know
0: hole number four is where we all where we started this
1: (laughs) spencer levine like he hit it i think he hit it in the right rough and just like didn't even have enough firepower to get there and two hit this like horrible like spinny ass three wood up in the air winds howling comes up short he hits this epic chip up there like really 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 good stuff and just misses like the tap-in and is so mad he's like he's walking off the it's gonna be hard to describe on audio but he's he's walking off the green and there's like three fans out there watching him i don't know why i was out there watching him but he someone's like oh it's all right spencer keep your keep your head up and he just like he just goes like this and like waves the guy off like like acknowledges him fully and like from a hundred yards away just waves him off with his hand, and then he walks uh i think he like Kicks his driver to the next tee, going to number five. And then I remember vividly playing with Jimmy Walker and he just like he swings the next one at like I don't know, like 50%. Like, so just like doesn't even give a fuck. He's just so mad that he just made a bogey that he like doesn't even care. He probably hits his drive like 230. Jimmy Walker outdrives him by 100 yards and then Spencer does not win the tournament. But it was a, it was a, very vivid memory that I have for some reason. Thank you for allowing me to share that. <laughs> Anyways, as I was saying, Tori, it's uh, it's a mixed bag. Contains multitudes.
2: It's also like, it's long and narrow, so the stereotypical PGA Tour player is likely to succeed there, right? I mean, for all people that are like, it always gives you a great leaderboard. It's like, no, nah, it gives you like the stereotypical PGA Tour leaderboard. Like the guys that hit it long and have all the strength are going to be up there, right? The fairways are too narrow to really actually even reward accuracy. There's no point in laying back and trying to find fairways. You're better off hitting it as hard as you can. That's why guys hit a ton of drivers, finding it in the rough and figuring it out. And that, that part is again, I find boring, but like I said, I enjoy watching this tournament every year. I try to tell you the guys last week, I was like, get pumped. It's farmer's week. It's going to be good. It's always good. And it delivered. That was, that was tremendous viewing. I, uh, I we can skip past Amsterdam for me too. I mean, I, I think CBS is doing a really good job. I mean, like they're 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 flowing better. They're catching the storylines. They're catching the action better. They've cut some fluff. The commercial load's still going to be the same, but man, it does really seem like they've improved to the point that my only real commentary is about Faldo, and that's just very obvious.
1: So, should we do Zalatoris next? Yeah, can we start with Randy? Randy, what I got? I got to know what uh, a person of your. Uh, you know, we we set up front that. Uh, you know, suffering is suffering. Uh, you know, it had to be weird for you to watch Zalatoris uh, with some of your past pu- putting woes. For
2: everyone that says uh, we these guys have never done it, they don't know what they're talking about. How can they provide experience? Let's go to Big Randy to tell us about Will Zalatoris. It's
0: uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's, I mean, suffering is noble, right? And in, in that, where we should start, it's not good. It's not good. I would be very concerned if I were young will or somebody in his camp, the arm lock grip, he puts like nothing about it looks comfortable. And even on some putts he was making, they don't look good. And he's going to have to figure like, I don't, that's not the answer for him. I don't think he's going to have to go to a different style. In my opinion, (laughs) I can't believe he's not clawing. Honestly, I can't believe he's not clawing. I mean, I know he's kind of, right. it's like, it's like not really though kind of right
2: yeah it's an arm lock strangle with like two fingers on with his right hand which is I don't know what that's really eliminating but there seems to be a ton of right hand in it I'm not an expert in it but it is not pretty I will say I'm watching I was watching some of the replay this morning and from range from long range he had some really close calls man he had some really good putts that just did not go in and he didn't miss shorties on Sunday he missed a bad shorty on Saturday that everybody saw and I, I it's gonna, I'm gonna see it for a long long time and I mean obviously the putt to win on 18 like for a PGA Tour player of his caliber straight up the hill like it just wasn't hit with any conviction like it just wasn't hit with a guy that is not thinking it, it very much putting stroke and uh, I, a lot of people are calling for him to come into the film room with Huber after you know what Huber audited this past week on our YouTube channel and I I'd I have to agree
1: Huber's going to turn into one of those like uh facebook youtube uh like content moderators who just has to look at look at all that horrible footage all day and, and screen it that's <laughs> that's all these putting strokes he's gonna to have to watch it's gonna it's gonna absolutely ruin his psyche
0: so you have you have access to the stats what what is um what was al torres putting for the week
2: 64th out of 79 guys to make the cut in strokes gain putting he missed seven birdies inside 17 feet on Saturday and shot 65 that's the thing man it's like it's a, <laughs> it's a waste of a insanely so good putting or ball striking week like he was just on fire led the field and strokes gained approach led the field and strokes gained tee to green you know even scrambled pretty good and it's not like the putting was disastrous. He just like gave a little bit away uh, for the the three measured days. He was he was negative one point two seven strokes. Like that's just that's straight up Hideki territory. Like that uh, that's a normal like Hideki week, and it's not really even necessarily that bad of a week. It just like it looked bad, and you're gonna have if you, you can strike it really well, and that's gonna put you near the top of the leaderboard. But as we've talked about many times, like it's who puts the best out of the best ball strikers. Luke list did not put on a putting display either, but like got it done. And he was, I, as I say that he was actually eighth in strokes game putting this week, but over the weekend, he did not put on much of a display. he gained a bunch in round one, but again, if you hit the shit out of the ball, you're going to be near the top. And then it's just feels like that's the way golf is trending, man. It's going to be guys that hit the crap out of it and like are going to kind of struggle to get it in the hole. And we're just seeing more at, you know, time after time, how much that doesn't matter in terms of getting near the top of the leaderboard. But if you want to win it, you better gain some shots on the greens.
1: Well, I think that kind of ties into some of what Adam Scott was saying on the pod with consistency too, right? It's like, you know, that you're not all these guys who have been like legendarily consistent. All all, you know, were above average putters as well, right? And and having some of these guys that are just kind of trying to ride hot weeks is like, yeah, it's a good formula for the modern PJ Tour but not necessarily to, you know, build a a super consistent career. And I I will say we kind of alluded to it, but for all that he is going to probably like rightfully get beat up for for how bad the putting stroke can look occasionally i i honestly thought will like putted pretty good on sunday like his his lag putting was great he was he was like lagging it to his speed was really good and he shook in, you know, all, most of those shorties. It's just, yeah, it was really eight teams you know, bad. That was tough. Really Bad, really, really bad. I mean, speed might've been too good. You know, you don't want to leave yourself
0: that many, yeah. that many shorties in that two, three foot range.
1: Well, that's why I kind of thought, I thought in the playoff, he was like, I was like, oh, that's outside the danger zone. Like, exactly. All like, that thing in that's the big Randy mm-hmm. zone, which I, I thought I not put me from zero to seven feet. Yeah. Get twelve feet and see what ha- Fuck around and see what happens.
0: And that's I honestly I <laughs> thought that's what he did on eighteen in regulation almost too. Yeah. It was that it was that eight footer. He was a little passive on that one. What I mean? So what's his? It seems like for Zal Tors to win a tournament though, he's gonna have to. In essence, he's gonna have to win by multiple shots because he's gonna give up a stroke or two on on the greens. I does this put a cap on like his potential or like what? What do you guys? Now now that we've got another year of Wills out Taurus, like what what do you make of him
2: Well one thing I will say is you can't argue it's great TV I mean it, it you just like you almost feel everyone move to the edge of their of their seat when he gets a four footer the announcers are even like <gasps> like making like,
1: I was saying yesterday it's like it's the perfect golfer for someone like me who's an absolute just sick person because I can completely appreciate everything, all of the, hot, like, super high highs of what he's doing, right? On, on one hand, I'm like, oh, my God, like, how does he generate so much speed? That's unbelievable. That's so fun to watch. How does he hit his iron so good? That's so awesome. I can't get enough of watching that. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see if he makes this watching <laughs> or not. It's like, it's, like watching a, uh, it's like watching a college football kicker, right, where it's just like, you know, I know he's supposed to make it, but God, weird shit keeps happening. I don't know.
0: I, uh, it's so, also why they need to outlaw arm lock and all that. Yeah. Or, sure. Well, you it's know, not or, even helping him. That's, that's the thing. It. I mean, if you're yeah, getting, if, if is, you're though. doing all that to get to arm lock, and you, it, you
2: know, it's that it, you still got that going on. Not good. But listen, all right. So they they talked a lot about his increased distance, and you know that that's all the more reason why I do think he is going to win. Colin Morikawa is not an expert putter. Has weeks where he looks horrible with the putter as well. And Kyle Porter tweeted a stat. He's winning 10% of his tournaments. Like absolutely. Zell Taurus is going to win. It's going to be fascinating to watch. He's going to have better putting weeks than this one. Like that happens. I don't know what, you know, it, you know, POA can do weird things. If you're not very confident on greens, POA is not going to help the situation. I don't really recall anyone really putting great at Torrey Pines in, in the past. You know, it, it just preaching a little bit of patience with it. I think Uh it's, listen, it's going to be fun to, to watch and make fun of on repeat. Yes, absolutely. Of course. But I'm still buying Zalatoris. I do think like,
1: but I think to Randy's to Randy's point though. I mean, he was basically asking like, does it, does it change the ceiling? And I think it 100% has to be yes. Right. Like that, like Morikawa is in a different league putting wise compared to Zalatoris. At least it seems like, and I haven't totally looked that up, but that that's kind of the way it feels. And Morikawa still is, like, pushing, you know, number one in the world. I don't – at the current clip, it man, it really doesn't seem like – like, it seems like I, – I, of course, agree, like, Will's for sure going to win and probably win, you know, an above-average amount of times. But is he going to get to number one in the world? Is he going to win a bunch of majors? Like – I don't know that I would be betting on that. Watch watching what we have just watched. <laughs> I,
2: I, I'm with you there. I do think Morikawa peaks harder. Morikawa has weeks where he just like forgets that he's not a very good putter, and we really haven't seen that from Zalatoris yet. But their numbers are around the same. I mean, they're, they're but like look at Hideki, man. Like he wins a shitload, and I mean, Zalatoris hits it that good. Like he he really does. Oh, for sure. and, and so I yeah I do think it limit limits the ceiling, of course. But like I I, I think we're gonna. I don't know. I, I get, I'm halfway between this, right? Because I'm like, yeah, his ceiling's huge. He's young. He's just not that young. Like he's 25 and a half now. And like, yeah, it's only, it's his whatever second season on the PGA tour. First is a full-time member. I think cause weird COVID stuff and all that and whatnot. But like at this point, I tweeted this out this past weekend, just looking at it. Like, Spieth had 11 wins by the age of like 23 and JT had 9 by Zalatoris' current age. I think Rory had 13 worldwide wins at this point. Like it's not like he's a young like blossoming player that we we haven't seen the rest of. Like we're probably looking at like what he probably is going to be and it it's it's time that he does win one.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. He's what like a year and a half younger than Rom. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's older That's than Morikawa right. and Hovland and all that. So it, it's it's he's, he's in a weird zone. I don't know if we need to put him on Finau watch just yet, Randy. But for the guy that only loves wins, I'm surprised I have to make this take
1: for you. I'd watch a putting contest between Finau and Zalatoris. Yeah, for sure. Why for would sure. you want to
0: watch that? I don't want to watch that.
1: Because I'm, I'm sick.
0: <laughs> you know, my very amateur opinion. He looks super unco- He's got to find something that he's comfortable with. Because what, whatever I, I he's also, doing now, it does not look comfortable.
1: One thing that that I did have in mind, Randy. Remember when you used to be deep into uh, Hank Haney's radio show? Of, you remember what everybody what what he would tell everybody who called in that had putting issues? <laughs> well, of course, I had spent so much time listening to my old friend Hank
0: diagnose putting woes. Do you want me to run through his whole checklist? <laughs> yeah, please. I, well, it might only be two things, but he would he would ask him. People would call in. Hank, I got the yips, man. I can't make one. I can't. I can't make a three footer. I, I got the yips. And Hank would tell him, you know, first you got to figure out which hand the the yip is in, right? Is it in your left hand or is it in your right hand? So you want to hit, you know, some some short putts one-handed, which I would encourage young Will to do. And, and then then, uh, and then
2: once you figure that out, just quit the game. That's, that's it too.
0: And well, once you figure that out. So I figured out mine, you know, for instance, is in my right hand. So that's why I went to the claw to, you know, move the position of my right hand. But Hank's Hank's nuclear option for anybody was just, oh well, you just gotta putt left handed. You gotta have a total reset. Like you gotta you gotta completely switch it up. So I don't know, DJ. I maybe we're I don't think we take that off the table either for Zalatoras.
1: No options are no options are off the table at this point in this
2: negotiation. This is a good one from Uh, from William Hardy on Twitter. He said is it torsos or intensely amateur to feel hard done when you leave a putt to win short and misread it? while having a stroke as solid and straight as wet spaghetti. <laughs> he did act way too shocked about that putt yeah. missing. Man, he didn't get it to it's the he, hole. He
1: should have blamed it on he should have blamed it on Tory. Would have been <laughs> would have been great. Uh the one thing I I will say about Will and I think you you kind of pointed this out on Twitter as well so is like I'm I'm absolutely rooting for him. Like he seems like yeah. an awesome guy. And I love watching him and I know it's kind of fun to poke fun at the at the putting stuff, but man, it's 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 interesting. He's, he's very, uh, he's a three-dimensional person out there. And I, I can't wait to keep watching him the rest of the season. I hope he continues to get involved with the majors.
2: Dude, any player that makes you feel things when you watch him sign me up, man. And I, you could tell on Twitter, it's unfortunately like he's kind of lost the plot on Twitter. It seems like, and he's going to be known for this. Reg- he could, he could have positive strokes game putting for the next 30 weeks. and People are still going to talk about the, the missed putt on, on Saturday, but uh, he, he seems to have lost the plot, but he does make people feel some things. It is going to be interesting to see how he, uh, how he handles it. But
0: I'm perusing the bottom of the shots, gain putting standings on PGA .com. You guys want to, that's a bleak, that's a bleak seller <laughs> down there. There's you an interesting name wanna... down there. I know. I know. Of course, our, our good friend, Louis use which honestly might, you know, I think if, that, that could be an interesting Zalatoris that comp.
1: That's just for this season, be though, right? Be careful just for with this sample season. size here because there's, yeah. there's... He literally was, like, number one last there's year. There's not okay.
2: many. I, I was saying, talking about Luke List is down there, too. If if That's, like, 208 yeah. or something,
1: right?
0: Well, I really wanted to crowbar in. One of the best putters in the world is currently ranked 201st. Oh, God.
1: Is it, is it the uh, the actor from that Farmer's commercial God. that kept being on? Yeah,
0: and 19 rounds, too. I don't know what's a, an appropriate sample, but... I mean, yeah. he's one of the best butters in the world.
2: That's a huge, that's, that was a huge takeaway for me from the week too. Yeah. That, that's definitely worthy of the top 30 minutes of this show, Randy. That's, that's definitely fair play
0: by you. That's, that's not dirty at all. Well, Finau's 210th. Disgusting. And, uh, I'm our old friend, our, our old friend, Kyle Stanley is 212th.
2: All right. We are officially taking a break. Uh, <laughs> the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. You just got to bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience Super Bowl 56 with same game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is, of course, safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code NLU. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code NLU. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older. Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If in New York, call 877 8 hope or text hope for 67369 not making it easier legally is not making it easier on me. what do you want to go next jason day or, or john rom what do you guys what are you burning on
1: uh let's talk jason day i think that that was uh i don't know what if you want to kind of just start with biggest takeaway for me but i i think biggest reaction i had is just a, a nostalgic reminder of like watching that guy's putting stroke coming off the conversation we just had it's like man watching that guy looks like he's going to make every single thing he looks at and it, it was uh I wouldn't say I'm like the the biggest Jason Day fan in the whole entire world, but he uh, it was it was fun to have a little pop of of nostalgia and then also to remember that he's like the same age as me. So that made me feel kind of weird.
2: It looked pretty sustainable what he's doing. He looks like he's lost a lot of weight. He you know, they talked a lot about how he's changed his swing to, you know, limit injury, which. I mean, I don't know what took him that long to do that. I mean, he's been injured like quite literally like his whole life. They were saying he just is always injured in some way and how he I don't know. I don't know what that that process was like for determining how you change your body and your swing to to not hurt yourself and still compete. But I, that that looked pretty resurgent in, in my mind. It did not look like a little flash in the pan. And
1: uh, it also looked very, very, very bad the last few holes.
2: It, it was last three holes after he hold out for freaking it's,
1: Eagle on 15. 68, 69, like really good holes. Three really bad holes coming in.
2: It, it was not pretty, but like those final few holes, like you got to hit the shots. And he, yeah, he didn't hit the shots coming in. I do honestly think it is like hard to gather yourself after a hole out like that. You know, I, I think your emotions get super amped and, uh, I, you know, you vault yourself into a tie for the lead. And my big takeaway is not the last few holes for him. It's very much like, dude, this this is probably a story we're going to need to be following. And also just to go on and looking like it is data golf page. And like they got a great tool on there where you can look up players' current profile in terms of their driving distance, accuracy, putting, approach play, and compare it to any year in their past. And if you go back to like 2015 of what that guy's profile looked like, a bomber Put the lights out and hit the shit out of his irons. Like, oh my god, was that guy good? And I feel like we even we we maybe don't talk enough about how good Jason Day was in his prime. For
1: sure, no, it was it was outrageous that that season that he had. I mean, he was just like heads and shoulders better than everybody else. And
2: it just yeah, it 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 didn't sustain. I feel like people didn't really even notice that much when he kind of faded
1: from from the limelight a little bit. But we'll be interesting to see if he comes back. That's what I mean. Is I, I I feel like he almost yeah, it's just weird to to hear that he's thirty four right it, it he almost seems like one of those guys that should be like pushing forty just based on the life cycle of his career and how we kind of feel like we've already seen the the rise and fall, right? and it's like man he's he's still young. he still has a lot of very, very good years if he can stay healthy, but that therein lies the problem, I guess
2: it's almost always health you know in some way it's rarely do guys just lose their ability to get the golf ball in the hole if there's no no
0: health tied to it so
1: randy you want to make some bad takes on john ron Uh, yeah thank
0: you for asking Been waiting for this are you guys concerned that he's not winning so (laughs) concerned i'm freaking out randy i can't even contain myself i mean at what point do we need to start to be a little concerned
1: Randy, let me let me ask you this. Did you see Kyle Porter's tweet on the winning percentages of the top ten players in the world? How how frequently they win?
0: I, I probably did, but just in case I didn't, why don't you why don't you it remind me? It doesn't
1: support his well, narrative. Just, so of those, 10, of those ten players, who do you think wins at the at the highest clip of the ten best players in the world? The current ten best players in the world? Parents ten best players: John Romm, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson, Victor Hovland, J.T. Xander, Rory, Bryson, Hideki. Is this world? Is this is
0: hold on. Is this worldwide wins? uh this
1: is worldwide. Oh, wins. see, take uh, <laughs> take it away. I, I knew this is such an ironclad case, and you're just going to lawyer me. <laughs> I'm guessing, Ram, I'm guessing Rom.
0: I'm guessing Rom has the, the Ram, highest.
1: Rom wins at nine nine point eight percent of his starts. Morikawa next best at nine percent.
0: I think Rom. So I think Rom gets a little fat over you know across the
1: pond. God, his wins over there are so good.
0: I though. I, I, I was just
2: gonna gather this because I you know uh, it's the DP World Tour Championship. He's won twice, which are good fields. They uh, the the Hero World Challenge is one of I don't know if that's counted in his wins, but that's one of his biggest OWGR achievements. The Dubai Duty Free Irish Open that he won in 2017 was also a very solid field that was worth 48 points. So it's not like scraping the bottom of the barrel of of like the the cheap and easy OWGR points on the on the do perfect world tour. You uh, got a couple Spanish opens, some Spanish. The two Irish Opens he's won are worth more than like his career builder on the PGA Tour in terms of field strength. He has a BMW PGA Championship. No, he doesn't. Sorry, Randy.
0: Do you have anything to say for yourself? Well, listen, some of this is tongue in cheek, but at a certain point, I would like to see him win a little bit more, right? Like you go back to, he he obviously won the U S open last year. And before that, his last win was August, 2020, you know, for as good as he is, like, let's, let's finish a few more. Come on, come on, big John.
1: Let's finish a, a couple. Only pushback, and I know you're you're being slightly tongue in cheek here. But going back to the the Adam Scott consistency thing that I was talking about, he he strikes me as and Sally, I'll I'll offer. I think we're brothers in arms in this conversation, so I'll offer you a a sacrifice when it when to, it's convenient for you, not for the Finao case. Really hit me yeah. with a female thing. If you think Finau's a you know comparable player to John Rom, I would love to have that. Yeah, conversation that's ex- well, that's but, exactly
2: what I said. Right. Yeah, thank you for repeating that for me.
1: Point being, I I do I get it. I get the the female frustration, it's again, it's a bit tongue in cheek and just kind of funny to talk about, but he's a victim of his own success, right? Like when you see him on the leaderboards all the time, of course you're thinking about, you know, well, why doesn't he win more? Why doesn't he win more? Nobody says it about Patrick Cantlay. I mean, I guess they kind of have, but it's just <laughs> easy when, when he doesn't have those weeks or when he's not relevant. Like it's just easy to forget about him. But Ram is just up there every fucking week. So when he doesn't win every week, it just keeps burrowing this stupid brain worms deeper into people's heads <laughs> that he somehow like isn't a closer. So he's won like 13 times. <laughs> only
0: only once since September 2020. You know. What about the COVID, bud? Our... our... <laughs> <laughs> it's always help isn't it i mean i i think listen if you want to compare john rom to every other pga tour player I, I think what you just said is very fair right i i think where i would love to compare him, and wh- what gets me most excited is like when we talk about being the best player in the world and you know is he like this generation's best player is he one of the top one two three best to, players uh
1: you want to compare his winning percentage against the other top 10 players in the world <laughs> but that's the thing
0: i i mean yeah but it doesn't not, feel he's like he's winning enough. <laughs> well no he's he's 27 and, sorry what'd you i mean what'd you say about like speed and and thomas at that age
1: like he just hasn't won as much as other
0: guys
2: i mean he's and got I, what I, how I, many it's, worldwide
1: it's not this, it's not historically prolific of a, of a winning clip i i get that but it's also like head and shoulders the like he's by so far of a measure the best player in the game by whatever measure I think you want to choose
2: I mean I got 12 worldwide like between the dude perfect world tour and the PGA tour 12 wins for Rahm at age 26 27 I mean that's a lot and as a
1: as a citizen of the world like yourself Randy I thought you would show a little bit more respect for some of these worldwide wins yeah he could stay around and beat up the, you know, he could beat up the U S tour if he wanted, and, but he's, he's getting out. He's, he's trying to grow the game. Damn, defense, I will say
0: this, this is his, to him. No, one of his PGA <laughs> tour wins was a partner event too, which, you know, I think we got a hang. out. Oh, now you're of fishing.
2: That. Now you're just fishing. He probably could have won that by himself though. Now you're just fishing.
1: I, That's I, a, what I, what outlook is. So what I, my takeaway from yesterday was in order, I, I think, or descending order or whatever. My top takeaway was not the Zalatoris or Luke List thing. It was like, man, that looked like as bad as Rom could possibly play, and he finished one shot out of a playoff. Like, he he just – I know we keep saying this over and over and over, but he just seems like he is ready and poised to just, like, severely fuck people. Well, that, um, that, and that's people, what I'm
0: saying. He's got to start because he, he's looked that way for the better part of the last year. Well, many people are calling him the buoy
2: because he doesn't sink, right? I, I see a lot of people – on social media saying that. And that's like definitely
1: a thing. we taking social media
2: now. People just keep calling him the buoy. And uh I, I, I'm, I'm down with it. I, I think we let that happen. Um, I do think there's a great question we got from Dom Brow Brian. He said, Rom has played so well over the past year, but only has a couple wins to show for it. Yeah. Just the 12 wins. Uh, Speed that monster. <laughs> first half of 2021. According to Oh no, no, game. Hold on. Hold on. Hold Valero. on. Are the day are the days of guys winning five plus tournaments a year over? Do we overrate wins?
0: Well, all those you European wins stuff. happened at least a few years ago. Like his last one was 2019 over on Correct. the Dude Perfect tour. So Not I, I sure. think the question was like, listen, he was clearly the best player in the world all of 2021. Yeah. And he and he won one time. I mean, I do think it's it's an interesting discussion, right? Maybe it's maybe guys just can't win as much as they used to because of the the how good the fields are i i don't know but i i don't want to get to a point where like wins are overrated that that stinks as a fan
2: i i just think the landscape changes more and more every year it just gets a little bit diluted it, it inflation we we're seeing inflation live in in action <laughs> here right i mean you know what was a do- a dollar last year is not worth the same as a dollar this year it it is just like, it, it. it's insane. I know we keep saying it, the more this game gets homogenized and becomes this driving distance and track man thing. Like it, guys are just going to get closer and closer and closer together. And it's going to be harder and harder to separate yourself. The consistency is truly amazing. It just is going to be that hard to rack up five wins in a year. It really is. And look, this is a special skill to get out in front and run and like add on birdies when you are two shots clear. I agree. That's like a different thing. It's not... You know, just playing great golf is not, you know, it's, it's just very boring to be like, yeah, he's very good. He shouldn't he shouldn't win. I I, I get it. Like he is that talented. He is a different level. And, you know, it, it, it's a he, he's not shown that special skill to just like pull the DJ of like, dude, no one's getting within six of me this week. I, I'm not going to get involved in the mathematical, you know, stuff that goes on in close golf tournaments like no one's getting me. And that is like the final frontier for Rom. I think. So well said, which
1: might be an unreasonable
2: expectation though. Like you could be the best player in the world and still not just run out and have weeks where you just dunk on people. Cause it does feel like maybe it is a mental thing that he does need to like calm the fuck down (laughs) in these golf tournaments (laughs) and just be like, not get so visibly upset at like very (laughs) normal things that happen on a golf course. Like John, we all lip out putts. Like there are putts that you hit towards the hole That might not go in and you have to be able to come to terms on that. Get there's a competitive nature of that, but there also is just like an understanding of the world is not out to get you. It is not that shocking when you lip out a putt. You like you have done this so many times, you should understand the chances of a putt barely missing are pretty good when you hit one. You can't let like your entire composure degrade because of it.
1: There there was something like speaking of just like players that make you feel something, there was there was something truly awesome about watching him be like visibly furious on thursday uh when he was 13 under par through two rounds <laughs> just, slam- <laughs> just slamming clubs absolutely like at his wits end <laughs> he's 13 under <laughs> par. but you know what's funny? That was what's what's funny
2: is Rob will pull this. He, after the interview, you know, he's like, you know, it, it obviously wasn't my best, but you know, we 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 got a, a decent score out of it. And then like later in a different interview, somebody asked him and was like, you know, like it wasn't your best out there. And he's like, well, oh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, like, come on, like I shot. He like will he'll take little slights if you even like intimate like yeah you didn't play your best out there. And he's like, well, it's not like I shot eighty out there. Just 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 watch.
1: it. Okay, I'll fucking yeah. Play you you want to go play?
2: <laughs> he's got this little edge to him. And I listen, we, we're, I, he, he thinks we're very hard on him on social media. I love all the outbursts. Like I'm going to post yeah. them all. I think they're great. It makes you feel something when you watch that guy. I like rooting for him. I'm a ROM fan. Um, but uh, yeah, he's got-
1: that's what I think maybe rounding it out. It was just a fun leaderboard this week of like, uh, you know, th- there's so many leaderboards where I'm just truly numb, like feeling nothing. Yeah. especially once we get into kind of the dog days of of summer but it was it was cool to see like luke list trying to break through it's cool to see Zalatoris trying to hang on on the back nine with you know his weird ass putter cool to see rom on the edge of exploding cool to see jason day back cool. fun to see justin rose hit in the water on 18 like lots of there's just a lot of good stuff very very fun day of golf yesterday which maybe speaks to you know, I, I don't know how much of that was also the the Saturday finish, but I don't know if you guys want to talk Let's about that.
2: Let's do that, please. I mean, it's a huge deal. It really is. And there was a great article I shared on Twitter from the San Diego Union Tribune uh, talking about, and I, I guess I, I did not remember this this way or how it all usually plays out, but this being a week's, uh, you know, the NFL adding an extra week is what slid everything. Farmers used to sit in this cozy little spot in between conference championships and the Super Bowl and this kind of caused a little bit of a, a panic on their end. If you may say, if you read the article, is a great article talking with their CEO Jeff Daly, who kind of seems awesome. I don't want to get too far on the CEO train, but like I got, a, I got a, some nice things to say about Jeff Daly. One, just like thinking outside the box on getting this done, and all of the, the, you know, we I've said this when it happened. Like this is not a simple thing to just slide a tournament up a day. They lose the pro am. TV schedules change. And like that article does a great job just detailing out all of the things that they had to consider, which, you know, one of them was, it was presented as a, as a choice at first. Do you want to go Wednesday through Saturday, or do you go to NBC and keep the Thursday through Sunday format? My initial upset reaction was let's go to NBC. Then cooler heads prevailed. And they said the shortened runway made a costly casualty of the pro-am, a net $1 million hit for the century club of San Diego. That's according to tournament director and CEO Marty Gorsuch. It scrambled TV coverage. It sliced and diced everything from travel and launch, lodging dates to hospitality and attendance rhythms. And in a blink, everything became risky and uncharted golf water. Um, and like, I, I think, it, I hope it worked out for him. I hope the ratings worked out. I think that it sounds like there's some serious momentum here for for this event to stay in that spot and hopefully even force some change in some earlier January events. What do you
1: guys think? Loved it. Obviously, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to you know, we're we're taping this, which we can talk about later, but we're we're taping this kind of midday Sunday here. So we're we're gonna tack on some other LPGA stuff on the end of it, but it'll be nice to actually, you know, sit and be able to watch football like it like anybody else. I'm I'm excited about that. I'm a little pessimistic that I am I, a little nervous about what the ratings will be. I think it's just so much easier to get people in the couch on a sunday afternoon than it is on kind of a later in the evening saturday i think people just kind of have generally more stuff going on but that's a total 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 guess by me i think if if you started to kind of hit like critical mass with some of these you know getting some of these like january events kind of all switching to saturday finishes and you you start getting more momentum in that regard i think it's going to probably do a lot better than just a one-off where there's probably still a massive massive part of the audience who's going to flip on the golf at sunday you know on sunday afternoon and be pissed that they didn't realize it ended yesterday just because of the nature of who golf's audience is but i applaud them for doing something different i greatly enjoyed it Can i
2: say something to that though like the comp is not a normal sunday football-less viewing that's very good we're not going to have a good comp for this because if you yeah. want a good comp, it's like American Express non-network ratings up against the football that happened last weekend, which were hor- horrible, so bad, yeah. like unbelievably bad ratings, right? So if anything, that I think validates and I get in you know, golf channel coverage is different than network coverage viewing wise. And the LPGA on NBC did better than the men's golf does on, on PGA T- on golf channel, which just speaks to people's. Viewing habits, I think. I mean, straight up, like LPGA golf does not beat PGA Tour golf really ever. But that's just how network coverage works, right? So for them, like they are going shout up out, I
0: got big flask.
2: They are going, yeah. It's shout out to Marty Fish. They are going up like against a blind number or a blind. They don't know what it would be, right? And that's that takes a little bit of extra trust. We've seen in this industry, people need it proven to them and beaten over the head before any kind of change ever is made. And so I'm rooting for this. I agree. But like, if you do pull the string back, like, you know, it's not as simple as everybody moving up to Wednesday through Saturday, because in prior week, this is the first NFL weekend that there's no football on Saturday. So in reality, we're talking about either moving up the play on Sat to finish, you know, midday Saturday before football starts, or even finishing on a Friday, which I don't know if that's going to be good, but it does help kind of maybe cycle that January flow a lot better. if, if you because you can, Century can uh, kind of do what they want days of the week wise, right? I mean, they don't have a tournament the week prior to that. And if they move up, then Sony can move up, American Express can move up, and then this fits in a lot better where you can have the pro ams and all the stuff that go into a, a normal event. So that's what'll be interesting to see. Because um, it sounds like they're, you know, in that article, it made it sound like they're, they're, they're even before this week happened, that they're here to stay on this, on this time shift.
0: I would be curious, and I know there's no way to answer this, maybe, how a Saturday finish would compare to a hypothetical Monday finish. And did they consider going the other way, like friday, Friday to Monday,
1: especially in the West Coast finish, right? Where you can kind of push it, yeah, they were, they were already kind of pushing daylight and getting that like eight o'clock eastern eastern finish would be but that's
2: one that i don't know what the tour rules are handbook rules about going into a, the next tournament's week right and um honestly with saudi like you're only probably hurting your recruiting chances of players if you are going friday to monday with the guys in the field that are going to are taking the flight over to go play saudi so um this this seems better to me i i would think i mean you want a,
0: the tournament to end on a weekend right it might be some chess though you make them skip farmers and the uh what what's the next one the waste management that's AT&T's next week uh oh, AT&T yeah make it hurt a little bit more cuz i know far, obviously farmers is one that guys play i don't know i don't know the right answer i mean it was it, it the saturday finish was i i agree with you guys like just from uh obviously i'm very keen to watch the football today uh, it's much better than having it finish on sunday evening for sure
1: and uh i guess the only other thing too because i if i'm remembering right i read that article a few days ago but if i'm remembering right the he said a lot of good stuff in there too about like non- ratings things as well and just kind of like the hospitality aspect of it and purely anecdotally i mean they mentioned it on the broadcast a couple times but there's a ton of people out there watching on a on a saturday afternoon as well and I've, when you think about like what farmers is trying to do from hospitality standpoint and all that i mean it's probably pretty easy to to get you know, people to entertain out there on a, on a Saturday, definitely versus a Monday. Yeah. yeah. To
2: to support that, you know, in the article, it says asked if there was any scenario where the tournament shifts back to its traditional Sunday finish next year or beyond, given the cement anchoring the NFL's new schedule Daly could not think of one. He said, I don't think so. It's important to us that the ratings are strong, but we still get a tremendous amount of business benefit because we use this as motivation for our top agents around the country. The business benefit for us is probably stronger than a few incremental ratings points which is really refreshing to hear somebody just say like, it's maybe worth some rating sacrifice, which is not something you hear in the TV business. He said, if you take ratings out of it, I like the Saturday finish better. The golfers I talked to like it too. I won't say who, but someone's prediction was that three or four t- more tournaments might shift their dates as well. So that's very much a watch this space situation because it, it. I just think it makes less and less sense as time goes on for the PGA Tour to start their season or their year or whatever. Going up against NFL football, which is only further, in, you know, encroaching on the uh, on the the New Year calendar. So
0: need to figure out the wraparound portion of the season because I that's where I think they should get creative. Not necessarily ending on Saturday or Sunday. Looking into that, you know, maybe a Monday finish or because I, I think that's where they have some room to be creative and and have tournaments kind of experiment with with what might work.
2: And that's where I think it's, the answer is going to be network. Like you, I don't think you want to be on network during the day on a weekday. Like it just, that's just not how the network programming works. They do sports really mostly is focused on the weekends and everyone talks about how important the actual network coverage is, um, CBS, NBC for ratings so that that'd be my guess as to why not and then i mean Juan talked about that too when Those he came on like, i know he's like dude i'd rather be up against a pga tour event because i get better ratings with with people flipping back and forth channels than i would if we are in our own solo spot which is like all right well that's just yeah i still, dis- numbers. Yeah,
0: I still disagree with Juan on that that's not real
1: I, I think another aspect of this too is kind of this disconnect of trying to make 50 however many 48 whatever the number of tournaments is as like equal events on the PGA Tour right when you're trying to make the Palm Springs event and Riviera you're trying to give them the same treatment like that's just it's not going to happen well there's 50 extra points at
2: at Riviera so 50 extra FedEx totally
1: (laughs) which that's true I guess every fan does just think about that (laughs) when they flip it on uh but yeah that that's part of it too is like you know clearing out palm springs to finish on a monday or a wednesday or something like that it would be so much easier to do if you could kind of treat these tournaments a little bit more realistically as far as what they are and and kind of their standing in the game again that was kind of something uh, people should really go listen to the adam scott interview but that was kind of something he was alluding to as well right where it's like you can't have this many tournaments and have them all mean the same thing to people (laughs) like what are we doing? well
0: i was gonna say piggybacking on our rom conversation i think it, it golf suffers doubly in that if you're not going to have people that are capable of winning four or five times a year and really being dominant, you, you're just hurting the product too. Where it's like, yeah, man, who knows who's going to win this week? Uh, it could literally be anybody, like that's uh, it's compelling for like a very little time, and then over the long run, you just need some guys to separate and show how great they
1: are week to week that's a very good point and it just kind of waters down like to the original question that the person on twitter or email or whatever that was asked it's like do we overrate wins it's like man it doesn't help when we're trying to make all these wins feel equal as yeah. well trying to treat hudson swafford i think hudson swafford won Correct. last week right at palm springs trying to treat that the same as like a masters win or a riviera win or you know, uh a, even a WGC win or a playoff win. like all these things, trying to be the same is just, yeah. That's that's where it starts to get to. Like, whoa, you know, Rom just like hasn't won enough. It's like, yeah, but uh, like look at look at what's going on. Look at the big picture here. Well, and it's
2: also, I mean, this is not a shot at the broadcasters, but like you can't keep track of all this stuff. Like they had Luke List's no. hometown wrong. He hasn't lived where they said he lived for like years. They said Aaron Rye has. So this is from our friend, Ben Coley. He said, Aaron Ries six European tour wins. It's actually two. Uh, and he took down Ian Poulter in a playoff at the Scottish open. It was Tommy Fleetwood. Like you, like you can't, if, if they can't like give information about all these players, then like, what are we like? Luke list. I'm sorry to say this. Like Luke list is a problem that the PGL solves, right? Like it's, if you want ROM to win more, so we could talk about that. Like 48-person fields make a lot more sense. So on to Dubai. Before we do that, wrapsoto.com slash NLU. Promo code NLU for $100 off our favorite mobile launch monitor. These things are extremely accurate. They get within 2% of a unit that would cost you $20,000. I'll tell you, as we're changing over equipment into the new Callaway Rogue ST stuff, this is an extremely handy tool to figure out you know, what kind of head you should be using, what kind of tweaks you should be making to any new equipment you're putting in your bag. The Rapsodo mobile launch monitor app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer. It helps club gapping, helps understand the true distances for each club. It gives you immediate feedback and data, creates a better practice environment, keeps you from mindlessly hitting balls. I'll go hit some balls. Find myself just kind of my mind wandering, and I'll just get it out just to make sure, like I'm, I'm at least checking in to see how far I'm hitting nine irons, how far I'm hitting eight eight irons, what, how consistent my speed is. It's extremely portable. Case is about the size of a range finder. You can use it indoor and outdoor. Hundred dollars off. They're like five hundred dollars to begin with. These are an unbelievable deal. Can't believe everyone doesn't have one. Rapsoto.com slash nlu promo code nlu.
1: Looking forward to breaking mine out later today. Keeping keeping. Keep, I'm, I'm
2: excited to see you back in in the golf game
1: what are you that's doing that's i said out of out of respect out of respect for my future competitors i don't want any videos any why videos are you doing there. this you know Randy it's that's a that's an interesting question and it's one <laughs> i don't necessarily have the answer first of all what i will say uh my wife shout out to my wife Justine is catching a little bit of the golf oh. bug as well so it's just been a fucking blast going out to the range with her trying to figure some stuff out figuring out what's going on with her swing figuring out what's going on with my swing Going and playing, it's just been, you know, it's it's hasn't been very recreationally fun for a while. It's kind of felt like work for a little bit, and I feel like I'm I'm kind of on the other side of that. It's just been that's a legitimately
2: exciting. Like we we haven't like played golf yeah. as a group yeah. in so long. Like we don't we don't do that anymore. I know. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, and that's what. And yeah, we don't have to go on a whole. You listen to the trap drop. All, very oftentimes when we're going to the golf courses it's like there's a bunch of cameras you got to figure out what's going on are the batteries charged who's mic'd up is that mic track rolling oh my god is that group behind us going to catch up to us yeah it's just not a very fun way to play golf and so I think yeah I probably OD'd on that that type of golf for a little while and so I'm trying to trying to reach shock the system Randy and also my lord and savior uh Kawamura of course. In Japan I've been deep of in his And uh, I've been completely rebuilding my swing. Got a playing lesson, playing lessons with the pro with Justin Huber this week. Uh, I'm much like Rom. I think I'm I'm positioned to fuck people up in 2022. It's going to I'll play anybody in America right now as a 7.0 handicap.
2: Well, speaking of, of fucking people, well, of course you will. Yeah. Speaking of fucking people up, why don't you take us to the desert where Victor Hovland wins in a playoff over our guy Dick Bland
1: oh man great stuff i I won't pretend to have watched it live caught it up on uh dvr this morning victor hovland starts the day six back finishes birdie eagle birdie which is decent uh to uh post 12 under blandy Excellent little plotting his way down the 18th, little three shot par five, uh, rolls in like a 25 footer, 20 footer, 25 footer, something like that to uh force a playoff or to also get to 12 under. And then, of course, you know, our, our sweet boy, the rib, uh, comes to the final hole after an amazing escape par on 17, which we can talk about, uh, comes to the final hole. And and this is in a very conflicting, like, is this called the no a podcast or not? Uh, just really catches the uh the opposite side of that sword that you're that you're uh you're hoping for it blows one into the water on 18 doesn't make the playoff and uh Victor hovland comes out on top with a, an excellent birdie on the 18th so just as I think we mentioned earlier Hovland's third win in five starts uh dick bland was chasing down that second career dude perfect world Tour victory in his late career resurgence uh just excellent excellent golf to catch up on I was talking to Sally earlier I think European Tour golf on on DVR. That gosh, that might be the that might be the sweet spot. That feels like the behind the paywall secret. Just brew a pot of coffee and skip through all the ads. It's it's really really good stuff. Hey,
0: Blandy Blandy. It's about time people put some respect on Blandy's name.
1: <laughs> yeah, people need to be harder on John Rob. They need to really pop up this Blandy. Well, game.
0: listen, he's 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 going to be forty nine years old in March. Okay, he's playing the best <laughs> golf of his life. He he's ranked 80th in the world right now actually that might not even be updated he he, he might he might go even higher He he's he like people uh, who's ranked behind him for instance you got a guy like lanto griffin and keith mitchell and ricky and
2: bland's like, 52nd now per, per vc 606 he's on like, twitter 52 50? in the world now almost in the masters
0: yeah but, but people should take a look in the mirror find a little heart
1: <laughs> it, it is legitimately awesome it was so fun, like you know kind of cheeseball alert here a little bit but watching a playoff between like young up-and-coming stud victor hovland and 48 year old richard bland is a thing you don't get yeah. in any other sport that's it's the best and uh yeah Randy. in all seriousness it is an awesome awesome story it's really fun <laughs> to watch also cool that his you know, swing coach is on the broadcast kind of a a Paul Casey, uh, Peter Costas, maybe a little less polarizing on, on both sides, uh, of that equation example, but it's just, it was a, a real, real delight when the Euro tour hits, man, it's, it's such a good one. It, it's
2: while It's probably fair to say of any golfers in the top 52 in the world, the most physically limited is probably Richard Bland. Right. And like to watch the most physically limited player among those players finish birdie birdie, and to watch Rory finish par bogey to miss the playoff by one is, like, that is gut-wrenching. That is tough, man.
1: That's a that's kind of a normal sport example. Yeah. I don't know where you guys want to go. Do we want to talk about the rib? Do we want to talk about people?
2: Uh... People seem the most fired up about the rib. I mean, Hovland seems to be fulfilling his destiny, which is to be uh, truly one of the best players in the world. He's now third-ranked player in the world, which...
1: Also, maybe, maybe the most likable player in the top ten. Like, what a awesome player to watch
2: so rory rory or stoned rory where where would you prefer to start (laughs) deej uh
1: i don't have too much more to add on on stoned rory that is victor hovland uh just in that i mean it's he went out and got it he needed to shoot a a crazy low round and he went out and did it started the day six back and shot six under right and uh it it's just i think the next step is obvious right we haven't totally seen him contend and any majors, uh, we haven't seen him take that next step, so I'm like that. Honestly, is probably like one two with me right now, and kind of my like what I'm most excited about for the majors this year is Rom and Hovland. I think seeing if Rom can truly like hit the afterburners and and knock off a couple, and seeing if Hovland can get in the mix because I think that would be like truly awesome to watch, and I think he's going to make so many freaking fans. I think that that's a prediction. I think he's going to have like. He's gonna have some mic'd up uh some mic'd up moment or something where he just completely wins over everybody <laughs> in the world in on a on a really huge stage um so just had a blast watching him didn't have a blast watching rory uh rory had his his entire kind of richie tenenbaum uh i'm not having a good time vibes going on he's kind of chirping at photographers he's he's moving fans around the uh I don't know how closely you watch it this morning, Sally, but the the uh as he's hitting the ball out of the bush on 17, he's he's like he's kind of shouting at fans like you don't understand, like this can go fucking anywhere. <laughs> That's an actual uh, quote too.
2: The, the F Bobby threw in there. Yeah.
1: 16, he's he's you know trying to hit a wedge in the middle of the green. He's got a photographer snapping in his backswing. He had some choice words for him. Uh, and then basically kind of gets out of of 17's a uh, drivable par four. Uh, He hit driver and pulled it way left in this bush, hacked out of the bush, which was like kind of an edge of your seat moment, which was it was very like, is this this doesn't seem like it's going to go great. Uh, Plays actually a great little pitch out kind of back to the grass and then hits an unbelievable chip shot to stone dead and makes makes par. And then he's sitting there waiting on 18, waiting, waiting, waiting. And I guess kind of the decision of the week will be whether he should have hit, you know, driver or. Or three wood on the the reachable par five, the eighteenth. I don't know. This is where I always feel like such a fraud. Where I am like, what a fucking idiot, man! He should have hit driver. It's like he's Rory McIlroy. Like he, you know, he he has uh, far more information than I do. Standing on that tee box, uh, a lot of the commentators, like in the moment, seemed very comfortable with the decision. Like they kind of were predicting that he was going to hit three wood because there is a pond that if he if he leaves one out to the right a little bit and kind of juices one, it's it. Kind of brings the water into play on the tee ball, so he lays back with a three wood, hits it in in the fairway, and has like two sixty seven, I think, and then just like truly an awful, awful three wood. I don't know if he was trying to take something it off of it. I don't. I don't know time. what the deal was. It
2: just was bad, yes. bad vibe. But I, the individual decision to hit three wood off the tee, I don't think I would scrutinize that tightly if it didn't come with this whole this this concept he's come up with for the current year. And I know we've alluded to it, you know, in the previous weeks, but haven't really read the actual quotes because he said, I think the fairways hit stat is always a big one for me. If I can hit the ball in the fairway 60% of the time with how far that I hit it, I'm going to create a lot of opportunities for myself. The more opportunities you give yourself, you know, the putts will fall, blah, blah, blah. He said, again, that goal of hitting more fairways, it means maybe throttling back and hitting three wood a little more often or hitting clubs that are maybe not as aggressive off tees and just putting yourself in the fairway. Maybe just being a little bit more measured and a controlled golfer. I'll certainly pick and choose my spots where I can take advantage of the driver and hit it. But the best player of the last 30 years, Tiger, he picked and chose where he hit driver. And he played a very, very controlled game. It didn't work out too badly for him. I'll get to why I think that quote is troublesome. But I think trying to eliminate the big miss off the tee, those destructive shots where you make doubles from, rein that in a little bit and get more effective with scoring clubs. All right, Rory. Your greatest skill is your ability to drive the golf ball. It is. So again, the individual decision to hit three wood over driver. Like, I think that there's reason there on that 18th tee, but this whole mindset is not vibing for me. Like you can't, you don't have Tiger's iron play and putting. Tiger's approach play is the best we've ever seen in the game. And also he was like the best putter. Like that is a lethal combo to be like, all right, Tiger said, I don't need to be out of play off the tee because I'm so good at everything else that we're not going to cost ourselves. Rory gets to being the best by driving the shit out of the golf ball, so like, I kind of get where he's saying of like he feels comfortable enough hitting enough greens that you know you're just going to start making putts eventually. But like, dude, now you don't realize the effect of getting 25 yards closer to the green. How much that is actually affecting your approach play? Because an average shot from 125 is better than a good one from 150, and like that. Plays out over the course of a tournament in great numbers. It really, really does add up. So through that lens, I have an issue with him pulling three wood because it seems to be like a conscious decision for him. And if it's going to put you two sixty six out with the risk of hitting it in the water, it's hard not to be like, dude, yeah, you had a chance to take on more risk off the tee. And if you don't drive it great, and you still got to avoid the water off the tee, whatever. If you don't drive it great, you can still lay it up and hit a wedge on. But you got to put yourself in a great place to get on in two. And he did not do that.
1: That was, yeah, just seeing Hovland in the in the playoff having 230 instead of 270 is like such a, God, it's just such a big difference. Especially when, you know, you're, now I'm not advocating that like, man, maybe just lay it up and hit a wedge in there close from 80 yards. But he was tied rather than, you know, rather than needing to, you know, he wasn't trailing, which, which was right. just a weird. A weird kind of sequence of events all all the way around, and I I think the, again this is where I I, you know kind of proceed with caution and feel like a bit of a fraud because it's like he of course he is a very smart very like intelligent golfer who has a ton of great information at his disposal and a great a bunch of great people around him, but yeah when I heard those quotes man it was hard to not feel exactly like what you just said where it's like yo uh, it's a true like the the why not both. GIF of, you know, yo, what if you just like remained the best driver in the world and, and improve the scoring clubs? Like, why do those two things need to be like mutually exclusive, man? This, this doesn't, this doesn't make a ton of sense, which to me, it either seems like a total conjecture here, but it either seems to be telegraphing. Like, is he losing a ton of confidence in his driver Or is he losing a ton of confidence in improving his wedges? Like, is he at the end of his rope in improving his wedges and is almost more like, Oh no, no, no. But like, what if I think the answer is actually like not to have to hit as many wedges. Like what if I just, you know, leaned into hitting more fairways and hitting more irons, like that'd be much easier than, you know, keep trying to solve this wedge problem that I've been trying to solve for five, six years. So I, I don't know, man, the whole thing is just, it's, it was really, it was a sincere bummer to watch all the happiness that that hovland and, and randy's guy blandy uh ended up bringing me eventually the yeah the richie tenenbaum uh everything sucks act down those last three holes was was not fun to watch it does not it does not telegraph great things well, on the, the horizon
2: and this is where like i get i truly do get the feeling of like this what he's saying probably feels better to him right And if the numbers didn't scream something totally different, I could be like, you know, if that's what you're feeling, like, don't do something you're not comfortable with, right? But what you're telling me you're not comfortable with is like sheltering your the best club in your bag, and that like, if 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 you if I'm auditing what you're saying right now, like that's that's not that doesn't sound like a good strategy, and that should you know if I if I if I'm getting ready to hit a shot and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to to a caddy, I'm going to punch it through that hole, I'm going to fade it, and then like I'm going to hook it as it gets near the green, and then use that slope, and it's going to feed. It's like, dude, if I said that out loud, it's like, fuck. Okay, this is a bad strategy. I should not do that. And that's almost kind of like what I hear. Like, w- when you say that out loud, you should be like, ah, you know what? As I say that, I don't know if modeling my okay approach play, okay putting, and comparing it to, like, the greatest ever while diluting my best skill is the best way towards me winning a lot. I don't think that's probably right. But that's we, what that's like, what I mean. Me it's, like,
1: it's not like he's not smart enough to know that or figure that out. Which is where I'm like, what, well, like, let's get back to the root of like why the fuck is this on his mind and it has to be either like the uh, it just seems like it has to be either the driver or the wedges is like not you know he just doesn't feel like those are his the driver especially like he may, must just not feel like that is his killer club the way that it used to be and if you're standing on the tee, yeah. like it was uh, again this is a projection in a analysis but watching watching him stand on that tee, on uh at dubai today was like he had pulled the three wood he's standing there waiting for i think of paul casey or eric van Rooyen or whoever it was to hit in front of him and he was so stuck in between it looked like he wanted to go back to the bag and hit driver and just was so in between and then holding on for that that same club like god it's just it was it was a bad sequence of events
2: randy any
0: thoughts <laughs> uh, no i just really appreciate you guys breaking it down because uh <laughs> Very early in the morning here, I've not, I've not caught it on DVR yet. So, uh, appreciate. You, you it. might want
1: to seek out the game tape. It, it could be a. Uh, it, it feels like it could be a, a, a pretty pivotal one for, for later in the season. Unfortunately.
2: All right, we got to change gears a little bit. We recorded the first part of this podcast on Sunday morning prior to LPGA. Uh, plan was to get back into recording LPGA section, but first we got to talk about what just happened to Big Herder. Randy's Bengals.
1: Herder. Who don't think beat them
0: Bengals? Who they? Never a doubt, Never a doubt. What a world, guys! Uh, twenty-one to three in the first half. Weren't getting a hand on Mahomes. Did not. Did not look good there for for a little bit. And uh, I have no idea how they won that game. I have no idea how they got back in that game. Apparently, they kicked a field goal to win. It's it's been a very surreal last ninety minutes. I. I the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. It's <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm
2: I'm super happy I chose the Reds and not the Bengals <laughs> to root for. For some reason, the
0: Bengals, the Bengals, like the worst franchise in all of sports, heading to the Super Bowl without oh, an God, offensive thought... line. Uh, yeah, like they weren't even blocking either. That's the thing. Like I don't know how they got back in the game. They, oh, I oh. yeah.
1: I thought when that the ball was in the air, I, I thought Nance had pulled one of the great pulls... Of all time, like, oh, last time this happened, you know, very similar dropped interception. Montana <laughs> threw a touchdown on the next pass. Here's a 40-yard pass in the air. It's like, oh, my God, how does he do this? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's so good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, my... Sorry to report, Randy. You're going to have to miss the Super Bowl. It's Waste Management Sunday. We need <laughs> you on the pod that night. So sorry. We, to we need you that.
1: getting absolutely blacked out in the bird's nest, Randy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's work, man. You. Have I'll, to I'll come on. I'll come on the pod. But like he said, I might be.
0: 12 beers deep at that point, uh, we'll, we'll not take uh responsibility for anything I say. <laughs> Are you ready to tell us about Lydia Ko winning her 17th LPGA <laughs> tour event? Yeah. Uh, nice win for her. I, you know, six points shy of the, of the hall of fame. Now, I think firmly like back. Right. I, I think she, I, I think we all kind of sense that she was back, but great to have Lydia co back in, you know, amongst the best of the best on the LPGA tour, I, I think it makes it obviously makes the, the women's game awesome. Like she's she's so additive. So great, great result. Her and Kang, the mud hen battling down the stretch. Uh, it was it was a good week. Did you see my tweet on the stat about her wins? If not, I want to quiz you on it. Oh, no. Hit me because I did. OK, so it's her 17th win. How many wins in her 20s? Oh, God, that's that's probably um, – I will say five? Three. She had
2: <laughs> that's 14 incredible. wins before she turned 20 years old.
0: God, that's and how so old dope. is she
2: now? 24. 24. She'll be 25 okay. in April. Which that's incredible, too. She's younger than Morikawa, somebody said to me, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is insane. Her rookie year was 2014. Well, she's
2: not a troop anymore. She was honorably discharged and no lead better now. Like, seems to be truly, truly the top might be coming off the defense back again for Lydia Ko, which, God, there's enough going on with the LPGA right now. But a, a truly reemerged Lydia Ko is about as good of a storyline as you can have.
1: There, that, There's there. something to happen. Like, somebody can back me up with anything factual here because this is clearly <laughs> like a, a gut feeling. Those are the best. There's something that happens when the Foley students like start running downhill. You know what I mean? Like it, it seems like something that gets like hyper 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 technical at first and I think you could kind of see a little bit of that maybe in in Lydia where she she kind of was flashing but not necessarily super super consistent and there's just something happened that happens when and she said it in her quotes after the round 2 where like all that technical stuff starts to feel natural eventually and I feel like you saw it with I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of just pulling names, but like you saw it with Hunter Mahan weirdly when, when he, when it clicked for him, he just like beat the shit out of people. You saw it with Justin Rose for a period. And I really, really hope that we're going to see it with Lydia because there were, there were three big takeaways. You mentioned the PXG stuff is gone for the most part. I think there's still a couple clubs in the bag, a couple She's done rolling maybe.
2: around in the mud.
1: <laughs> um, the Ledbetter stuff is over, as you mentioned. And also the other big takeaway I could watch her hit bunker shots all day. Oh, God. Unbelievable how, like, she's in that greenside bunker on 18. I'm just like, there's, if this is outside of a foot, like, it it is, it's a horrible mistake for her. She hit it. And of course, she hit in the bunker.
2: And I was like, oh, here we go. It could be a bogey. And I was like, actually, it's more likely that she will hold this than than she won't get it up and down.
1: So, yeah. The other big thing, speaking of people that just start running downhill, man, it seems like that's, that's Daniel Kang's MO as well. So, like, when she gets hot, she just stays hot for a month, six weeks at a time, you know? That's
0: I'm glad you said that because that was my other big takeaway was like when when Danielle starts feeling it, uh, it's it's a true like you can almost go ahead and cancel Christmas. Yes. I mean,
2: it was uh, one last week and then finishes uh, in solo second this week, losing to Lydia Coe by one shot. That's about as quite literally almost as good as you could start start a uh, a, a season here, if you will. Um, not not I'm- the not the only thing we heard from Danielle Kang on social media this past God. week. <laughs> Solly, will you
0: please, please make a statement on. But
1: before you do, Solly mentioned this before he went on. He wants to redouble his efforts oh, to monitor slow play. So God, if you see man. something, yeah, say something. God. Tweet. Yeah. You got to be tweeting this please stuff, to at, Solly. Please do. At or, or it. on Instagram please. at C Solomon NLU, you can at send at him Tron to his Carter, DMs as well. At Tron we, Carter
2: NLU, any of the Carter brothers. They they wanted. They decided they <laughs> want to be the slow play police. I'm so, I'm out. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't do it. Take it away. I want nothing to do with auditing slow play anymore. I don't know if that's consistent with takes I've had in the past. I obviously disagree with slow play. I'm just out on like this super righteous, like, you have to police everyone's time and call out everyone for it. And if not, you are playing favorites and it is totally unfair. I'm out. Take it all away. Take well, it all
0: away. You're in bed with the LPGA, so sure. I mean we, we all know that. I think for sure, you know everybody knows you draw a second, pretty hefty salary from the LPGA, <laughs> so it makes sense that you won't you won't call out every instance of this. I I, I hope it changes.
2: Here's my official stance. All right, so. Like, of course, the Danielle Kang video that was circulating Saturday looks awful. It took her a minute and 20 seconds to hit a putt, okay? Like, I, of course that looks bad. Who needs to say that? Like, honestly, who needs who, – Like oh, come on, Saul. You got to admit that that looks bad. You need <laughs> me to say that? Like, of course it does, okay? I was watching the game bridge all day on Saturday. Had it on. I've had COVID. I've had nothing else to do. I've been sitting here watching golf. <laughs> and. Did, insane conditions, wind blowing every single hole leaves blowing across lines in professional golf. When the wind blows like that, it takes a long time. Okay. It does. And also in professional golf, when you don't have anywhere to go, there's no reason to play fast. Okay. If she hadn't gotten into the putt a minute and 20 seconds into it, I would feel differently about the fact that she backed off a putt. Like that happens when you stand over a putt and you get a gust of wind and there's leaves blowing across your line. Like you can back off a putt. That's okay. When you're in the last group, there is no hurry. There's no rule. Like everyone keeps saying like, they gotta enforce the rules. Like <laughs> Tron keeps saying, you gotta enforce the rules. <laughs> that's not the rule. If you're in position, that's not the rule. There is an in position timing thing in the LPGA tour. It's like a two page long rule. And that is the point where I'm out. I'm unsubscribed. Like, take it away. I don't wanna do this. Like I just don't <laughs> care. And you can't pretend you to care. It. Like you can't, like you, you can't like. It's a social media clout. CPG's doing his thing. I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at everyone else that's like, you have got to make a stand for this. This is your responsibility. It's not the LPGA Tour officials. It is your responsibility.
1: You got to admit that video didn't look good.
2: <laughs> oh. so- <laughs> God, like, eh, I, and listen, we've, I've, I remember calling out Bryson's two minutes and 20 seconds for that one putt under very normal conditions in the Northern trust. Like that was, I, I consider these two situations to be different, right? If you are playing horribly slow on Thursday, Friday and dragging your group down and pulling them behind, that's different than the final group on a Saturday in blustery conditions while you're in the lead or tied for the lead or close to the lead. Like it's just, there's some circumstantial evidence here that like, in a out of context clip that you're going to see on social media, like you are you can't tell that story. Like you can't tell the full story of how insane the conditions were on Saturday. So it's just a different, it's a sliding scale. And also what doesn't help is LPGA does not have enough cameras out there to follow enough groups. So they are stuck on a player's routine. Like this stuff happens in other spots in in on that golf course and in the PGA tour and things like that. And producers have an ability to cut away when there's more cameras to cut to, and they don't have that on the LPGA tour. So like, listen, I'll go out on a limb here. I will admit the video looked bad, Randy. Okay. I'll admit it to you. Okay. I'll be brave. And I will say that to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: God. Well, that's a start. That's a start. Fire. That's great. I love, not,
1: the, I love the passion.
2: I'm so anti-passionate about it though. I'm only passionate about not being passionate about it. Okay. Like
1: look at how much I don't care. I don't, I don't I look at how much care. I don't care.
2: I don't even care. Like the worst thing that happened to me this weekend was that slow play incident. That was the worst. I had a great weekend, otherwise. That was the worst <laughs> thing that happened to me.
0: Well, we did uh we we did hear from from some LPGA. Insiders that you know, I think Danielle can get a little slow on the greens. Yes, you know? I, I think somebody told us that she makes <laughs> on the greens. She makes lizette Salas look fast. Which, listen, that's fine. I, I net out where you do, Solly. Like, if I'm just watching on TV, it it really doesn't bother me. Like, sometimes it's fun to like pretend it bothers me, but really, my life doesn't change <laughs> if somebody's takes a minute thirty to putt rather than like forty seconds
2: especially just the drive-by on the lpga like again i don't the people that were super mad about it online i'm gonna i'm gonna call into question whether or not you were grinding and watching the game bridge on saturday (laughs) afternoon okay like if that was your big takeaway of like watching it like dude i can't watch this anymore because of this clip that club pro guy just happened to have clipped and also put to social media i'm with like i I'll, i'll stand with you on that that's fine but I'm going to guess you weren't actually watching what was going on and could put that clip properly into context. Like, sure. It, like Are we friends with Danielle? And like, it, it's, it's like that contributing to what I think about it. Potentially. Sure. I'll take that. I don't care. But I just I truly can't cannot muster the passion to defend this at every stop. Direct that at Tron Carter NLU. He will be your man. <laughs> He will call out every instance of slow play, but please don't <laughs> let him get away with not calling out a single one. Cause if you call out one, you got to call them out all. That's the rule on Twitter. Apparently
0: TC was on a heater this weekend up in Charleston. So he would have been all over it.
2: No, he was watching the game bridge on Saturday too. I'm sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> God, take uh, it away. Take it all away. I don't want it. Well, in, in more positive news, uh, <laughs> it was, it was thrilling much, uh, you know, similar to what we were kind of saying about the farmers. it was, it was, a, a truly thrilling uh, mix of players uh, atop. I had a blast, kind of watching the watching the final round this afternoon was really fun. Flipping back and forth between that and the game, and a lot of you know Danielle and Lydia obviously are, are great, but having Sling Boutier up there and having Yuka Sasso up there, it's just just a good mix of players. LPGA is in in a good spot to uh, to have a big season. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching a lot more this year. I I totally agree. I, I think. You know one one thing
0: that I need to get a little information on if anybody listening knows. So Yuka Saso won the US Open and burst onto the scene playing under the Philippines flag and she has changed to Japan now. Yeah. And at first I thought that was maybe just like the LPGA website had gotten something wrong but I see on the Rolex rank the Rolex rankings website they have her under the Japan flag now so very curious. I I know she's like Filipino and Japanese. I, I'm just curious. I've not heard why she made that decision to play for Japan now. Um, but yeah, looking at the top 10, DJ, to your point, like Nelly Corda, 23 years old. Jin Young Ko's 26, ranked second in the world. Lydia Ko, 24. Uh, you know, Yuka Sasso.
2: Sorry, if I may, Randy. I looked this up earlier as to why this may, this is the case. So, yeah, why she held both Japanese and Filipino citizenship, but was obliged to renounce one of her two citizenships by the time she turns twenty two years old in twenty twenty three. Mm. So, as per Japanese nationality law, so mm-hmm. in November twenty twenty one, Sasso announced her intention to keep her Japanese citizenship and completed the process by January twenty twenty two
0: that's a that's a coup
1: for the japanese <laughs> I, I was gonna say i think you know i know she signed with Callaway as well and it's possible tron was filling her in on the fact that the <laughs> Callaway japan stuff is absolute fire and and maybe she now gets access to that
2: so but, i i know this spoils the upcoming racial draft in the Chappelle show that, that i'm sure is coming up but yeah the japanese have recruited yuka sasso uh you know i mean honestly that's
0: that's, that's a it's great maybe the closest we've
1: seen. Yeah. I mean, way to, <laughs> to way to seal
0: sketch. the, way to seal the, the, uh, the deal there. Uh, yeah. it leaves, it leaves Bianca Pagdanan as the only, well, not the only, but I guess the most well-known now, uh, Filipino women's golfer. I'm pa- so she's solo third for
2: Yuka this week and then finished uh, sixth last week. She made a T three this week actually. No, she's solo third this weekend, yeah, sixth last week. So a hot start to uh, to her season again. I she's, called this one. She's twenty. Future world
0: number one. Two. I'm saying Yuka Sasso.
2: I'm, I'm saying yeah, it. I'm yeah. Saying she's, it right she's here.
0: Twenty years old. Uh, she's she's quite good. I think. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the analysis you come here for. <laughs> you <can> print that. <laughs> he quote me on that. Uh,
2: any other news to get to this week? The Symmetra Tour has become the Epson Tour. Minimum purses are raised to 200000 Player entry fees are lowered by 10% per tournament. Not only that, the yearly Epson Tour ambassador program that officially launches in 2022 will grant $10,000 to each of the 2021 Epson Tour graduates to help aid their move to the LPGA tour this seems like a great move to be celebrated all around the living is is tough out there on the uh, what was the Symmetra tour and this is a, a a move that should be widely celebrated in golf
1: yeah and I just want to maybe take a second to to pause and kind of give some some thoughts and prayers to uh, some of the PJ tour guys who are not going to get that money I know yeah uh, Webb Simpsons Brand of the world um you know thinking about those guys this week as the, as the women's game continues to get a little more uh a little more dough funneled their way it's going to be
2: I don't know if the flight, yeah, over to Saudi has Wi-Fi or not, and they've read that this report yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, when, when they do, they're going to be really upset about how this plays out. Jim Hartzell, our buddy, is asking an important question. Who's carrying the most momentum into the, into the Raz al-Kamai this week?
1: <laughs> That's going to be a tough field, i got to think, at the Raz al-Kamai,
2: the Raz al cool, uh I- open. I did enjoy the little uh, graphic they flashed of the tournaments this week and, and, of course, did not list the Saudi event on there. CBS did not for this coming week. Uh, what do we have coming up this week? We got a, a podcast coming out on Tuesday with J.R. Smith. Been absolutely buzzing since I recorded this one. He was freaking awesome. Just greatly enjoyed hearing his perspective on the game of golf. I'm not exaggerating when I think when I say I think he has a great chance over the next, next uh, several years to become one of golf's great ambassadors. Um and just wait to hear the interview to kind of hear the things to support that. The dude gets it and God, he was great to talk to great storyteller. I'm really excited for this episode. So
1: you're, you're buzzing about that. I can't wait to hear it.
2: I, I mean, <laughs> it was fire. It was so good. He's coming back on. We got to have him back on. Like he's, he's got the, it's so fascinating to like hear his journey, his appreciation for going back to school and like how he's going about through golf and the, like how he first got into it and how he first played his first tournament. It was like, too focused in on it. He's like I'm acting like a rich dick on the golf course like I hate myself. He was awesome. I don't want to spoil too much of it. He's he's great. So, did
1: you guys get uh, deep in the academic side of it? His classes and stuff? Not. How's this not, course load?
2: Not too deep, but the fact that he got he is extremely proud of the fact that he got a 4.0 in his first semester, which awesome. hell yeah. and up, I never got a 4.0 in oh, college, man. And he uh dude, it's 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 really really good. I I uh I'm excited for people to hear that and and follow his his golf journey.
1: So, I I don't know if this is in there. I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but the fact that you were mentioned on our Slack that he had to keep bumping the bumping the time back because he had tutoring, yeah, is, one, <laughs> is truly one of my favorite things. Of, it's the of first time
2: that's happened on, the, on this podcast. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I think that pretty much does it for a very very fun week. Um, really, and uh, en- I appreciate the PGA Tour moving up a day and giving us a little bit of our Sunday back. And uh, guys, thank you, thank you for giving us giving the audience your Sunday as well.
1: Of course we got uh Randy. I'm, I'm, I hope you don't mind. I'm taking the controls from you on the trap draw this week. I know he, he captain Phillips me. <laughs> uh, we've got myself and uh, KVV and Mr. Push, Micah Poushell from the band. God, I hope
0: people don't get sick of KVV and Push. They've they been getting a lot of burn great. lately. Yeah. yeah
1: that's that's going. what I
2: always hear from people after they come on our podcast. Like get those guys off way too much of
1: a need <laughs> to start managing their innings a little bit. Randy. Yeah. uh but yeah we we went hard two hours on uh the peter jackson beatles get back documentary so that's going up on the trap draw i don't know what day you post the trap draw randy but
0: <laughs> it's it's usually tuesday or wednesday but only,
1: but only it's like the, the surfing conditions only when the conditions are right right that's right that's right tuesday
0: and wednesday is a very
2: philosophical thing in randy's world though it's not like how we see the calendar necessarily no
1: well
0: and sometimes it's thursday it's it's yeah well, Whatever it feels like Tuesday, right? I will I will make the people a guarantee that it will post next week or this gotcha. week, whenever you're listening.
1: Uh, on the video yeah. front, we got uh, two two girthy film rooms for for the people to watch. Uh, those both went up on the YouTube channel. This week, we might we might have one more video coming out this week. We'll see uh, we'll see how much progress we make on that. But we got some very, very fun stuff uh, coming up on the video front shortly. We'll, we'll keep you posted there. And then finally for me, I just need to give a shout-out to uh, Neil's fiancé Carson who beat ass in uh, Settlers of Catan this week. I, I'm on like a 10-game losing streak. I need to get my head out of my ass I'm completely. I need to start diving in maybe to uh, some strategy guides or some sort of different philosophies because it's just – it's it's a really bleak scene over here so uh if anybody you know i'm I'm sure there's a lot of players out there please please reach out if you have any any seminal texts i need to check out god we're so cool
2: great (laughs) so (laughs) all right thank you everyone for tuning in we will see you back here next week cheers be the right club be the right
0: club today that's
1: better than most how about in? It is better than most. Better than most!